This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. What's up, everybody? I'm Jason, uh, one of the new co-hosts here at Recovery Revolution Live. Uh, Brett is here, but he's driving, so therefore you can't see him and you can't hear him. And I got with us our special guest this week, Kenneth L. Watson Jr. What's up, Kenneth? How you doing? How you doing, Jason? Oh, I'm Pleasure. doing wonderful. Pleasure for uh, you guys uh, allowing me to come on. Uh, recovery revolution live and uh, be able to share a little bit of my journey and we're looking forward to hearing it sir and i'm sure our listeners or viewers i'm so not used to having viewers i'm used to my podcast where it's just audio (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know i'm saying i'm sure everybody's looking forward to hearing this we can always use a nice dose of hope in our lives and uh with that being said, man, before we really get going, why don't you take a moment to briefly introduce yourself to the audience and let us know who you are, and we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Kenneth L. Watson, Jr. Uh, I'm an author of the book 12 Faces of Sober, as well as I have a podcast, 12 Faces of Sober, on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, and uh, oh. all that good stuff. Um, I am... Uh, like I said, recovering alcoholic. I've been sober since November 15th of 2016. Nice. I am a disabled veteran of the U.S. Army. I I was raised, uh, I'm from California. Well, I'm sorry. I was born in Florida, raised in California, but shaped as a man in Minnesota and been living everywhere else since uh, 2000. So um, yeah. I, I, I struggled with alcohol uh, for basically 12 years, hence the, the number 12. Uh, that was the first year I got drunk, and I, I battled alcoholism for 12 years before I got sober. Dude, it's a, that's a pretty long ride, especially if you're going hard. <laughs> but it's awesome that you live here. I, I almost, because I recognized your name when I seen you pop up. Like, are we friends on Facebook or like did have we met before in any recovery stuff around here? Um no I, I haven't really uh participated really for uh my home group here and uh, uh but they don't it's no longer uh they're they're no longer active they uh they closed down that uh recovery place. Oh damn unless unless you saw me on Instagram or something like that. You know I, I try to I try to you know promote sobriety daily as much as i can hell yeah well either way if we ain't already hooked up on socials we we're gonna be you know that much sure. and uh we now know that we are neighbors allies and we live near each other so we're gonna definitely be getting together man and uh you know i love that you do a podcast too i'm looking forward to checking that out as well sure. um but before we get into the good things you're doing, your book and the podcast and the way that you're spreading hope, uh, let's get 
let's get into your story a bit, you know, like let's, let's hear about you, you know, growing up and what things were like for you and your progression. Okay. Well, um, I, as I just mentioned, I, um, I'm a Navy brat. My dad was in the military. He retired. So we, we spent a lot of, um, you know, so I was 20 in San Diego and at a young age, you know, my dad, you know, he, he worked hard Monday through Friday, Friday and Saturday and possibly Sundays he was drinking. And so I witnessed it at a young age. The first time I probably had a beer was I had to be about four, maybe five years old. And my dad, he knew that I used to love to open up the, the, you know, open up the can to hear the, the fizzle. And, um, well, what I would do is for my, you know, walking from the kitchen into the living room, I would take a couple sips, not knowing that this would eventually become a problem. And the first time that I ever got drunk, well, I'll just say my, you know, I would say growing up, I didn't really, I mean, there was incidents as far as like the shore patrol, which is like the military police, they would show up cause my dad would get drunk, blast music, neighbors would complain. And, but I never really saw it too much as like, didn't understand that he had a problem with alcohol. And so once I started to realize that, okay, now we're, I'm starting to see more like bottles of alcohol because my dad was, was going out to sea, going to like the Philippines, Africa, going to like a lot of different countries. So he would bring back alcohol. And so that's where I actually got drunk is uh, 12 years old. I had a buddy over at my house and I'm like, Hey, my parents are gone for a little while. Let's go ahead and hit this brandy. He was like, no, nah, I don't drink. I said, neither do I, but let's go ahead. <laughs> and, drink. and, and so I, uh, you know, I think I drank about anywhere between 10 to 12 shots, had some, uh, remember drinking some Kool-Aid that day. I had some hot dogs and some French fries and oh the Kool-Aid God. was red. And all I would say is that I had a stain on that carpet that, that lasted all, all the way up until when I left. So for eight years, that stain was on the carpet. Wow. And um, so the worst feeling ever, um, of course, you know, it was a summertime. I was, you know, really, really sick, but I was able to hide it. And my, my mom didn't know anything about it. And so at that point, I was scared of alcohol. I didn't really drink anything else until I got into high school. I was an athlete. I played baseball, basketball, and football. And, you know, I was more like I wanted to play. I was good. But then I was more focused on after the game. Let's go to the parties. Who's who's throwing a kickback? Who's, who's going to get the keg type stuff? So that's what I did in high school. And it wasn't to me, it wasn't really a problem for me. I know that now others are opening up to me about it, but you know, people really had problems in high school with that. But I, like I said, I was more of a casual person on the weekends and the alcohol really didn't pick up until like, you know, I, I did it in college. Um, I went to college in San Diego, Atlanta, Minnesota, and, you know, just like anybody at that age between 18 and 22, you're experimenting, but it was never really a problem for me until, uh, two years after I graduated in, uh, 2000, I graduated 2003, 2005. I had relocated from Minnesota to, uh, Arizona, hanging out with my brother and his friends. And at that time I was drinking like the light beer, Budweiser, MGD, um, 
stuff like that. And, you know, they, they drank malt liquor, smoked weed. I wasn't really doing any of this stuff. And so they were like, you know, you're kind of a square. We, we need you to <laughs> hang out with the, with the big boys and drink the, 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 the gut rot beer. And yeah. so as soon as I drunk that, I was hooked. It was just, okay. I, I know what it, what malt liquor was going to do for me. Every time I drank it, I knew that it would take me to that level. And, Early, early into that, um, when I first moved to Arizona, I had struggled because I used to work in radio in Minnesota. Um, at the time, the only hip-hop station, I know they got probably about three or four hip-hop stations now, but I was working there, and in hopes of being able to transition to work in Phoenix, I couldn't even get in the door. I was trying country stations, rock stations, uh, Spanish stations, nobody would let me get in the door. And I had already had like, at that point, four years of experience on top of a, uh, a bachelor's degree in radio broadcasting. And wow. so I did like anybody else took a job. I, I worked management for uh, a rental car company and I, yes, it was cool to drive all the nice cars, but I knew that that wasn't really what I went to college for. And so I continued right. to look for jobs, look for jobs, you know, working as a substitute teacher, but nothing ever really panned out. And so I ended up getting involved with this woman that I had actually met in high school in um, when I came to visit when my parents uh, separated when I was 15 and mm -hmm. I bumped into her working at Walmart. So we dated for about a year. She got engaged. She had she ended up getting pregnant. And um, immediately once she found out that she got pregnant, she was like, I'm having an abortion. And I was like, if you have an abortion, my life will forever change. And I predicted it. And so I went into like, she had the abortion. I went into a deep depression. At that point, I was drinking on average like 40, uh, three to four, 40 ounces a day, if not more. And eventually that led me to uh, a stint. You know, I, I did a night in jail in uh, Phoenix, downtown Phoenix. Um, got released after like 16 hours, but it still didn't stop. And then mm -hmm. I ended up leaving uh, Arizona, going uh, up to Minneapolis, where I eventually went and got, you know, got treatment uh, over in North Minneapolis. Um, that you, treatment facility, you, you were grieving, man, right? I mean, you you lost a child. And that's what I've, I've known a lot of people that think that, or I don't know why they would think that guy, the guy shouldn't be having a hard time with that, you know, like, but yeah, it's weird. It's like we lost, we lost a kid too. You know, everybody understands when the girl's depressed, you know, <laughs> after they get an abortion, it's, that's a hard choice for anyone to have to live with whether you had any say in it or not, you know, obviously it's, it's not your body. So, but yeah. anyway. And, and so after I, I went to rehab and I did my 30 days and as soon as I got out, like, well, the day before I got out, they did the, you know, out processing and the counselor was like, so what are you going to do with your life? I said, I'm about to join the military. They're like, but you're 29. I said, I know, but I don't have a place to live. I don't have a steady paycheck and I got to do what I got to do right now. And so that the day I got out, my nephew, he came and picked me up. I told him, I said, man, take me to the liquor store. And so I pretty much drank from 
uh, January of uh, 2009 all the way up until June 24th when I, uh, you know, raised my right hand and was going to uh, basic training in South Carolina. So I joined the Army. I um, almost almost got kicked out the Army before I even got to my first duty station. I was in school and got um, CID, which is kind of like the military FBI or whatever you want to call it. Um, I was out off base and a buddy of mine and I, we were, you know, wasn't supposed to drink, but they caught us and they, they took our IDs and was like, good luck, good luck trying to, you know, get back on base. And I was like, holy cow, man, I don't want to go home. And luckily, you know, I was one of those model soldiers that, you know, I just came clean was like, look, I, he, you know, he ordered the drinks, but I didn't drink them. And, and that was the truth. And so they didn't really care. You know, they put us on extra duty and, you know, we, you know, made it through. But once I got to my duty station, it was the same thing. You know, it was like me being in college again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, partying, you know, I lived in the barracks, so it was like a dorm atmosphere. So you got these youngsters anywhere between 18 to 25 on average age that were pretty much drinking almost every night. And so, I, I was a cook, so we had the worst hours. So some days I would get off at 1 p.m. and some days I would get off at 7 p.m. It just depends on the, the start of the shift. So all we wanted to do was drink when we got off. If we worked on the weekends, we would bring the alcohol into into the job. You know, that was just, a, you know, the culture of the military. And right. so I um, in, in 20, 2011, I got arrested <clears throat> and uh, on base for uh, being drunk on duty. Um, like I said, we was working on a Saturday and I knew I shouldn't have went to work that day. Cause I partied the night before and, um, had to be up early and sure enough, we drank all day. I got into it with somebody and one of my, uh, sergeants had, you know, he knew that I had been drinking and he knew that I was belligerent. And so they called the cops. Mm. And so I got arrested, but it's not on my record now. Um, I, I, I think I was in a holding tank probably for like about two hours just to kind of get the, you know, alcohol out my system and they released me. And, um, I, I pretty much didn't learn my lesson. I continued to drink, uh, throughout, uh, the next couple of years. As I mentioned, I, I was, I got married in 2011, worst mistake. Cause I, I pretty much was a victim of domestic violence, not once, but multiple times in which one of the times she got arrested. Um, and at that point, I'm kind of giving you a condensed version, but basically, um, <laughs> the military, well, Oh, I take that back. What they did was this is in 2014. They sent me to rehab because although I was assaulted, I still got a, 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 a permanent scar on my leg, uh, from when she cut me with a Mason jar and, Damn. um, they sent me to, to Alexandria, Virginia at, uh, Fort Bell, uh, Fort Belvoir army base. And I did another stint in rehab. This time it was like a like a psych ward type where it was like the control where it was like they didn't have doors on the rooms. The showers were like metal, metal toilets. They would warm up, you know, this all kind of different stuff. And so after that, they were getting ready to kick me out. And so for the next like six months, I was, you know, going to different briefings, trying to, you know, get out. And somehow, mysteriously, my paperwork got lost. And so you know that what that means. If, if it gets lost, you're free to go. 
So mm. I went ahead and I uh, put in for a medical retirement. I got approved um, maybe like a month or two later and I got out. But the crazy part is, is that my ex-wife was a, the kind of person who would love to call the police, despite the fact that I never on, on record to this day, never put my hands on her or anything, but she would just be like, Oh, he's belligerent. Oh, he's belligerent. He's doing this. But only thing I would do would be in the garage or something, just having a couple of drinks and playing my music. But you know, she didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So I got out uh, of the army August of 2015. And it was a shock to me because I had been so programmed to the military that I went back into that depression. And so here I am. I, I worked a job. Uh, I worked for a various bank. I went to, went to work that first week and I started to get early, uh, early stages of, uh, diabetes. And I started, you know, experiencing neuropathy. My feet wasn't feeling right, all this stuff. And that was stemming from the alcohol. And so I, um, kept, you know, I quit the job and basically went from that job to another job and I ended up getting fired. And then after that, August, I mean, December of 2015, I've never had a job since because of all the stuff that happened to me in the army and, and, and the same thing with the abortion, I never really had time to process all of that. And yeah. so I was like, I need a complete break. And so I drank from, you know, January of uh, 2016 um, all the way up until I ended up in a homeless shelter. Me and my ex-wife pretty much separated and I had nowhere to go. I was stuck in Phoenix. So um, my brother, he knew of some, uh, re you know, uh, rehab facility, supposedly that was across the street from the from the tent city. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, how they used to have the outside tents in Phoenix and they were serving people green bologna. I, I was at the homeless shelter across the street from that. Wow. And after I, I, I was sober for 45 days before I got to the point where I was at now and I had got kicked out of the homeless shelter. So I got kicked out. I ended up going back to Minnesota. And this right here is the, the, the deal breaker is after a night of partying, um, I had went to the casino, spent a hundred dollars on the cab. So I went to, uh, was it, was it mystic Lake over here that near wet red wing? Yeah. I went there, uh, paid a hundred dollars, played poker, got drunk, came back that next morning. My mom woke me up and was like, how can, you know, what can we do to help you? I was, you know, still drunk. And I was like, I don't know, mom. And she said, I don't want to bury my son. I'm the, I'm the youngest of, uh, of, I have two brothers and two sisters. And when she said that I instantly sobered up. I felt that, okay. hits, that hits hard. That yeah. hits hard. Like when you hear that, cause maybe, you know, we really delude ourselves into thinking that we're only hurting ourselves, you know, and like we ain't hurting nobody else. So it's kind of like a shock. You know, I can remember when my sister did the same thing to me and uh, I was pissed kind of, but mm -hmm. down the road, it's like it, I get emotional thinking about it, you know, now. Yeah. yeah and it, it, it definitely, like, like I said, because it, at that point, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I drank all the way up until when I got into treatment, I, I, I walked into treatment intoxicated and, um, 
I'm me sorry, too. Every me too. Every single time, <laughs> except for this last time, because mm. I was already in the program and I was really trying to apply myself to uh, getting clean, you know. But mm. that was the first time that I had that kind of mentality that I want to live different. You know, I need to learn a different way. Like I don't know the right way. I had lost all sense of self-sufficiency in my own ability to like run my life at that point. But before that, every time I ever went to treatment, it was, I got to get, I got to go hard before I walk in the door, you know, every yeah. time. And it's funny because since I've been clean, somebody told me that that's like a big red flag. Like you pretty much know that door is going to come swinging, you know, back, back again mm -hmm. when, you know, like they're not going to, make it because they're not really in it or whatever but i don't know it just seems to be like i've i remembered that for some reason and i pay attention and it seems like the track record to show that it's actually there's a ring of truth to that <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so so I, I go ahead and um about a week and a half later i went to uh treatment like i said up in st cloud so big uh shout out to st cloud regional va uh, rehab facility. Uh, they, they did me good. They, they took care of me for those 30 days, mm -hmm. but here's the kicker. Like when I was in rehab, I had, um, you know, I, I told my mom, I said, look, I don't want to, you know, come back and live with you. You know, I, I got to get my own place again. And so she was like, I understand. So but where are you going to go? I said, well, <laughs> I might as well just stay in St. Cloud. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that all the people that I hung out with in my undergrad are probably gone. But at least I could just, you know, just live here. And and I went ahead and applied to graduate school at St. Cloud State. And this is no joke. On a Tuesday, by Thursday, I had already got the acceptance letter. And nice, so I, I did that. And then I, I still had my furniture. I still had my car in Phoenix. And luckily, you know, I was blessed with uh, some back pay money from the VA and so I was able to pay basically just cash to get all that stuff delivered to me up in St. Cloud. Dude, what so, a blessing. What a blessing. And you think about it, like not too long prior to this, you're homeless. You literally have nothing and you're, you're feeling hopeless. And it's like, <laughs> you would have never even made a move like that if you didn't get that buffer space to clear your mind and, you know, you know, just even, even just that, the, just the clearing of the fog from being in there for 30 days is good, but you know, it sounds like you got a lot out of it and here now you're making a positive move for your life. You're signing up for college, like, and everything starts going good just like that. I mean, so I, I, shit can change real quick. When it, you start it, 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 it definitely can. And then because I, I did a study abroad um, in Mexico in my undergrad, I was like, you know, I, I asked, uh, you know, some of the my advisors, they were still there. And so I was like, you guys still got the uh, the South Africa trip? And they were like, yeah. I said, OK, sign me up. So thanks to the VA or, or thanks to the GI Bill, I went to South Africa, studied at Nelson Mandela University for free. And yeah, I, I, I'm very serious. I got a chance to, when I was there, I went to the apartheid museum. I got a chance to see his uh, Mercedes Benz that he got from the Nobel Pri uh, peace prize. 
and I, I would say 1985. Um, I got to see all of basically the apartheid history from South Africa. Very, very emotional. But wow. I, you know, I can honestly say that I've been able to do that, and I, I don't know anybody else besides my group of people that have actually, you know, been over to South Africa to see that. No, so, yeah, that's amazing, dude. Like, it's so crazy to me how doors of opportunity will open in front of you when you start doing the next right thing. You know what I mean? And that's just so cool. So what like you, got to, you get to literally go across the globe. What the hell? <laughs> and, and, and this was this was literally like spring break. So that was like maybe two and a half months into sobriety. So I was like, okay, my my sober journey starting off different compared to all those other times. You know, mm -hmm. like this time I got out of treatment, my nephew, he was there to pick me up, but this time my mom was with him. So <laughs> there was no let's go to the liquor store type deal. And so yeah. I did that. I, I traveled to San Diego uh, a couple months after that. You know, like I said, I was raised in San Diego, so it was good to go back. Um, I went to Mississippi, saw my grandmother before she passed away. So that that left a good feeling in, inside of me because she, you know, every time I got into trouble, my dad would tell my grandmother. And then every time I would call to talk, check in with her, then she's like, um, disappointed I, yeah disappointing so it was good i surprised her and everything so and then in 2018 i i graduated wow. um I, I graduated with my master's degree in uh, strategic media communications and then um i um tried to well actually i take that back when i was there the students were like you know because i you know i i still kind of dress not not really like a youngster but I dress comfortable. And so a lot of these students were like, man, how old are you? You know, they see the gray in my beard. And I'm like, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm damn near 40. They're like, wow, what are you doing here? I said, well, I don't have anything else to do with my life, but go to school. I said, mm. I can't work right now. So I'm gonna go to school. And they're like, but you know, do you party? You, know, you want to go to the bar with us? And I'm like, nah, man, I don't drink anymore. I said, maybe if you were on this campus from 2001 to 2003, I might've <laughs> took you up on that offer, but now no. And so they had hired me on to work on campus as a mentor in the multicultural student services. So like I would do like mentoring this, this, these youngsters and trying to like let them know like, hey, you can party all you want to, but this alcohol stuff is no joke. And so they were the ones who inspired me to, uh, to write my book, 12 Faces of Sober. And so I, I ended up relocating in uh, 2019 uh, July, July of 2019, I relocated to Florida and I, I began, um, starting, well, actually yeah, when I first got there, I attempted to go to work, but then the VA was like, if you go to work, you're going to lose all your benefits. So I said, no, I'm not going to go to work. So I decided to go and uh, get my PhD, but I never completed it because, um, my, the, um, the person that I was dating, she had, um, was in a car accident. So I wasn't able to, um, you know, really focus on the, the studies because, you know, a PhD program, program is demanding. And I was taking two classes. So each class, we're having like 30 page, 30 to 40 page papers due each week. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm taking her to the doctors and all that stuff. So eventually I might go back, just don't know yet. 
But um, so I, I wrote the book in uh, 2019, 2020. The book was published on Amazon. Uh, 20, 2021, I, I pretty much birthed my podcast, 12 Faces Sober Speaks podcast. Um, and it's, 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 you know, similar to your, you guys' format. Uh, I just interview a lot of different people. I've had um, NFL player uh, on there. I've had an MMA fighter. I've had uh, authors. I've had entrepreneurs. I've had veterans. I've had uh, people with over 20 years of sobriety, clean and sober. Um, so it, this is my background as far as my education. So now instead of, you know, doing it for a hip hop and R&B station, now I could do it for something that I actually respect. I mean, I, I respect hip hop and R&B. Don't get don't get that twisted. But right. I respect my sobriety more. And so now I can <clears throat> use that platform and my voice and the, the broadcasting skills to right. get on here and, you know, and do the interviews and, you know, my own podcast myself. And Dude, my- that, that's got to be awesome to, you know, because think about like, I don't know, like for me, I just think it's like God, right? Like you, you go your journey. And at the time when you did all that studying for radio, you know, it felt like for a long time, like that was a complete waste of time. But like you said, you have these skills now and that you can bring to the table and add production value to create a product that can be helpful to others or inspiring to others. And, you know, you love doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you have creative control, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's so cool, dude. And I think, I think it's just awesome to see how everything might seem like it's getting out of control along the journey, but all these pieces ca- came together for you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. I love it. There it's, you go. it's like your story is pretty much what's up, Brett. Your story is like, to me, it's a testament to how if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, even when it feels like you're getting nowhere, just keep moving in the right direction. No matter how slow you go, eventually it leads up to like huge results. You've accomplished mm-hmm. a lot. You know, you were able to to see your grandma before she passed and like things that you never would have did if you mm-hmm. didn't get sober. Mm-hmm. Super awesome. Yeah. And and then I um let's see what else. I um my my book 12 Faces of Sober actually became a bestseller uh February 22nd of this year on Amazon. And uh thank you for those who supported Congrats. that make that happen. And then I'm actually featured in another book. That one is called uh Your Voice Matters. That one became a bestseller as well uh back in I would say October of last year. And right now I'm currently working on two books um, and it's kind of interesting that you guys, you know, we were doing the interview today, but uh, the publishing company is actually in Minnesota and they are, um, uh, I just spoke with them. They have, they have the manuscript, they have the pictures. So hopefully they will start getting that um, illustrated and, and hopefully that goes good. And then by uh, veterans day in either October, November, I'll have my army book done. Awesome. Thank man. you very Congratulations. much. So, so the, 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 the end goal, I guess, you know, each year I try to progress and take not only my sobriety to the next level, but hopefully by next year I can honestly start doing public speaking events. That's, that's where, that's what I want to do next. 
and hopefully if not sooner. So if anybody's out there that needs someone to, you know, hear a good testimony, you know, saying reach out. And uh, like I said, I, I'll, I'll make sure to uh, come and give you guys a, a very good, inspiring story. Trust and believe that. Nice. Dude, this is all great. And I love that you want to get out there and you, your, your aspirations are growing. I don't know if, you, you know, you're aware of that, but it's like, it's it's blossoming as you continue to educate yourself and you know you're taking advantage of the resources that you have through the va and you're using it to your advantage dude and i i just want to say bravo you're doing awesome man thank you i I really appreciate it you just don't understand because i'm not gonna lie these last couple weeks has been tough as far as you know making the transition back but it's you know, it's for the better. Let's just say it like that, you know, but yeah, I, I have, I have a lot of ideas. Oh, and then look, one more thing, 12, be on the lookout, ladies and gentlemen, the audio, the audio version of 12 Faces Sober will be recorded this weekend. Hopefully I'll be able to get that out on Amazon, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Matter of fact, my birthday is August 2nd. So I'm, if I can get that off by then, I will be one happy person. So to be on the lookout for that, it's on Amazon. And it's going to be your silky voice, right? It's going to be my voice. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yes, all right. yes. I finally, I, I have a buddy that's, um, that is a, a very, very, uh, uh, passionate audio engineer in the twin cities. And I've known him for 21 years and he actually, I, I forgot to plug my merch, but, uh, he, he did my first round of merch on 12facesover.com. Uh, he did the first round of merch and, you know, he, he supported me, as I mentioned, uh, when I went to rehab in, uh, December of 2008, he came to visit me. One of my own, the only person besides my family that came to visit out, you know, outside my mom and my dad and, uh, my nephew and stuff that came to visit me in rehab. So I just, I told him, I said, I I met with him last matter of fact, I was, I was, uh, downtown, uh, right across from the twins uh, stadium Saturday. And we were already, you know, you know, talking out, talking about, you know, what plans that, you know, what what we're going to do as far as collaborating. And so this is the first one among many other things that we're going to be doing in the future. Dude, that's awesome. And that, that true, we need true friends, man, you know, and it's cool that you get to it have one of those true friends that were around when things were hard mm-hmm. to be walking alongside you and helping you succeed and do big things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's dope. That is dope right there. Most definitely Chrissy. I, I like I said, I, I, I would, once you get it, make sure you let me know. I definitely will shout you out. <laughs> Hell yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm in the same camp with Chrissy. I prefer audiobooks over reading books. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. all right. That's fair. I gotta I gotta finally put I gotta finally put this radio voice to use. You know, it's been a while since I've been real well, I mean, besides the podcast, but like actually, you know, being on air, like it's been it's been a, a good minute. And dude, you're talking to the right guy here if you wanna know uh good opportunities for public speaking. I, I I can plug you in to a bunch of good shit around here in Minnesota. Okay. Like good, good meetings and groups and, uh, Frogtown radio. And yeah, well, 
we'll definitely connect about that stuff and I'll get you connected to the right people and it, I'll get you on a bunch of different podcasts, dude, like real quick. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, man. That. I appreciate yeah. that for real. I definitely appreciate that. So why don't you tell us about your book, man? I want to hear like some, you know, specific information about this book. What was it like writing a book, first of all? And then, you know, tell us about your book. What's it about? Um, well, 12 Faces of Sober, like I said, as I mentioned, uh, 12 was the age I got drunk. Right. 12 years was um, the years I battled with alcoholism. And uh, faces. the faces came from when we were, the last time I was in rehab, one of the groups that we had, it was kind of, I didn't really say cheesy, but like they, they had like a sheet of all these different faces. And mm. each face represents the feelings the, chart, right? It yeah, was like the there you go, thing. exactly. <laughs> and so, when when I was thinking about titles, I was like, okay, like you know, I was going through a lot of stuff when I went to rehab the last time, you know. And so, you know, I, I had my ex wife harassing me about because she knew that I was in rehab, so she would always bug me like, "Hey, I need your address so I can send you the papers for the to get a divorce." But even to this day, I never got served with divorce papers. I ended up paying for the divorce myself, even though she was harassing me. But she thought that I would answer her, you know, answer her text. And I didn't. But basically, the book is it it, 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 it sums up a lot of what we already went 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 over. And um, I, I talk about um, like there's there was a couple of different relationships that I was in. Um, I've been engaged uh, three times, married once. So I gave each relationship a chapter and so, you know, my, my second engagement, that one ended because of, you know, my drinking and my first engagement ended because of the night of me going to jail. Um, it, I talk about, you know, I go more in detail about, you know, my, my experiences. Cause initially I was only going to just write about my first year of sobriety, but then by the time I, I think the I did it. It was more of like about the first two and a half years of me being sober. So it just talks. It, it goes more in depth about like some of the places that I traveled because when I when I first got sober, I was traveling so uh, solo. So I was going anywhere and everywhere I could because when I was married, I was limited. It was only going to Phoenix, 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 Phoenix. It didn't. I couldn't go to Minnesota. Like it was a stretch of time where I didn't see my family for like three years because I was so consumed with her family. And so I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to just, if I got the money, I'm going to get a plane ticket. Oh, okay. I want to rent a nice car. Let's go rent a nice car. We want to stay downtown, go stay downtown, stay in a plush hotel, all that. So it's, it's more, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a short read. It's only, I would say 108 pages, but it, each chapter is in depth. I, I show love to my family because they they knew me before I had the problem, and they now know me after. You know, alcohol is no longer a part of my life, so I I give them love, um, and and then I I talk about just you know what I wanted to do, and I I, I need to go back and look and see. Uh, like I said, the book's been in publication for two years. I need to see if I've actually accomplished any of the stuff that I said at the conclusion in terms of you know where what what am I going to you know take. 12 faces of sober too, as far as the next level. Oh, so, yeah, but it, 
it's it's a it's a good read, and I I believe that it can help many because it's it's raw, it's uncut. I I I I didn't even want my editor to really take out a lot of stuff. I took out because at first my ex wife she had two chapters, and I told myself I said she don't deserve two chapters, so I just <laughs> narrowed it down to one. There you go, <laughs> and um, and and I was it. So yeah, it's it's good. I actually. But one thing I want to do with it eventually is also make like a mini movie. And because I already have uh, hundreds, if not thousands of pictures that I've taken um, throughout this journey. So I kind of want to put it together. I want to interview, like have my family be interviewed and, you know, just talk, you know, let I don't want to see that part. That's what I was saying about my buddy, because I, I might still do it while I'm here but have each, you know, each individual family member give their own testimony and what happened when I was drinking and how my life is today. And, um, and just let my buddy edit it and then put it up on somewhere. And, and hopefully somebody will, will use it as a, a motivational, motivational, uh, video and stuff. So, but yeah, the book is, I, I like, I, you know, everybody that's read it, at least they've told me they could have been lying, but they, they said they liked it. And, and a lot of, a lot of my family and friends, did not know that I was going through all that because this was kind of before social media was really taking steam. So I wasn't really going on there, you know, Hey, I'm drunk today. Oh, I got this problem because nobody was really doing that. Everybody was, you were partying, showing the drinking side, but you weren't showing the, 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 the side of pain. Now people are displaying it over the last five or 10 years before that nobody was doing it. Yeah, but I think, too, that's subjective because if you, you know, like all my Facebook feed was when I was using was like, you know, hot chicks, dirty jokes and and like shit about drugs and alcohol, you know, and it was like when I first got in recovery, I realized that I could take control of my feed. Right. And I Mm -hmm. could just I could unlike and unfollow and I could block and I could you know, do all that shit unfriend. And then I could start to follow things that I was interested in now, you know, recovery shit and inspirational shit and mental health stuff. And now it's like, it completely transformed it. You know what I mean? Like Facebook's a pretty positive space for me when I open it now, where before it was just a bunch of really just like trash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it definitely is definitely over there. And I, I will say this, too, is that because I, you know, Instagram, it seems like more people truly connect on the sober side than Facebook. That's just my own personal perception. But um, a lot of uh, there there have been a lot of people that I've grown up with and they um, come and have reached out and have basically told me, hey, I, you know, because of you. I have given up alcohol. These are people, like you said, where you would see those pictures at a restaurant, at a club, popping bottles and all that stuff. But it's not just one. I've had more than five people just within the last year just come to me and say, hey, what you're doing is amazing. I I got sober because of you getting on this platform and and sharing it like that. And isn't that just one of the biggest blessings to know that it's weird really like you don't know who's watching right yeah um and then i was gonna ask you because just 
kind of because I feel like it's an instructive point. I already know how you're going to answer the question, but a lot of people are hesitant to try to journal or write, you know, to to put pen to paper and express their uh, feelings and thoughts and stuff during their process and they're trying to get better. Um, did you find it therapeutic? And did it, did you find healing from writing the 12 faces of sober? Yes, definitely. I, what I did was I, uh, utilized my notepad and my phone. And mm. whenever I had a thought, I would just type it and it could be, you know, some, you know, you early in sobriety, I had insomnia. So it was like, okay, well I can't sleep. Let me go ahead. And just, this is what I'm thinking right now. Okay. You know, it might not be word for word what I'll use in the book, but it'll be something to that effect that will be, you know, applied to the book. So I, to be honest with you, I was telling those college students, like literally I, I had like, you know, the little miniature notepad that some people like to stash in their front pocket. I, um, um, had people, um, tell them like, Hey, this is your, this is your, 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 your notebook utilize it, your mini journal, whatever you're thinking about. Cause like I said, you guys are going to forget, you know, your, your phone may die, your phone may break, but you still got that piece of paper. So yeah. utilize it, take the notes, whatever it is. If you're having a bad day, write it down, come back to it later on and make sure that you don't have that same exact bad day. So yeah, I, I utilized it. I'm not a person. I mean, I been back doing it because of my, you know, the army book and the children's book I've been writing. But like I said, I, I need to get back to just the, the personal journaling in terms of like, hey, like I said, yesterday I had a I had a really bad day. I was <laughs> very upset, but I just knew that that wasn't going to last long. Right. You know, and it's like I said, things happen. OK, I can't be too sad about it. You know, I got to I got to keep going and keep pushing. For sure. And I mean, no matter how strong your recovery is, mm -hmm. life still gets lifey, dude. You know, yeah. we still got to cool. navigate rough waters and storms in life. It's, you know, nobody's exempt from that shit. So, <laughs> man. So you got two more books on the way. That's awesome. Do you, do you want to tell us anything about them or do you want to kind of keep that under wraps for now? Oh, well, as I mentioned, um, I was, you know, I, I played sports. I uh, played, um, played baseball. Uh, I wish I would have continued playing baseball because I was probably better in baseball than I was actually playing football. And so what I did was I wrote a book about how, you know, being an African-American, being one of the only black kids playing uh, baseball at that park and how I was treated. But the way I was treated is because I was better than all these other players. And so it, it talks about that. Um, and my dad, um, he's kind of, well, he was the one who put the ball in the glove in my hand, but he was never there because of the military, um, you know, took his time. So he didn't get a chance to really see how good I was of a player. So I said, okay, well, you know what, since he didn't get a chance to see it, I'll go ahead and I'll make a book and he'll be able to see that. And then, like I said, the army book, um, in which, like I said, I already started. I started working on that when I was in uh, Panama City Beach earlier this year. Um, that's it's more in depth about the army, like 12 Faces of Sober. It touches on certain moments in the army 
my my marriage, uh, things of, you know, getting in trouble. But this is the day to day. This is like what a soldier or a 92 golf, a culinary art specialist goes through. And I know that there's no books out there like this, at least for from from a, a cook standpoint. So I want to be able to tell the story. So it might it there might be some references to 12 Faces of Sober, but the way that I've been doing it, it has really nothing to do with 12 Faces of Sober. Like I won't even talk about my marriage in that book. Or I, I might talk about it, but like, oh yeah, I was married, but let's talk about what was, you know, my mental state when I was in the army. Right. Like it's irrelevant to the point of writing that book as yeah. opposed to you know in your recovery journey that was a big source of your issues <laughs> yeah dude i think it's awesome you know we all have so many stories to tell on different aspects of our lives you know none of us are like one dimensional so that's cool that you're finding that uh freedom to express yourself through your writing and putting it out there and and that you have the talent to be able to get it published and you know, share it with the world, dude. Yeah, most definitely. I've just, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I was my, my, my sisters. This is an embarrassing moment, but my sister used to make fun of me because when I was a kid, you know, before I was old enough to really take showers, I would take a bath, and I would be the only person. Uh, oh, oh, hold on, I, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, Twelve Faces of Sober or Twelve Faces of Sober dot com, and then uh. There is an order now option, either or. And then also on my website has uh, merch as well, too. T-shirts, hoodies, tights for women, spandex, all of that stuff. But um, I, I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry. I, I lost my phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're all I right. Was trying to, I was trying to respond. I don't I don't want to be a, a guest that don't interact with those nah. who uh, have questions and stuff. That's good because, you know, that makes it more personal for the viewer and – Dude, you're not the only one around here that maybe gets squirreled out or has a brain fart either. So don't feel bad. Because <laughs> we're all. Oh, here. and if someone, you know, I wanted to, someone asked a question. Um, they're in the Pembroke area. I don't know if that's in North Carolina, but uh, just Google AA. If not, they have national AAs that you don't necessarily have to go in person. So uh, just, just Google AA locally in your area, and I'm sure that there's. It'll probably give you a nice little matter of fact. Uh, I dang, I forgot. I, I my dad lives not too far from Pembroke, but uh, oh, nice, yeah I, don't know. yeah. I was gonna say, I did see that question earlier too, and I, I was thinking, uh, I have found if you go whether it's the Apple App Store or if you're on the Google Play Store or whatever, but uh, if you just type in Meeting Finder, you'll okay. find a bunch of different apps. And you just download one and then you allow it access to your location and you can change the filters. So like if you're willing to drive 25 miles or 15 miles or whatever, and just click the button and boom, it'll pop up, you know, a bunch. Uh, and if you want Narcotics Anonymous, you can get the NA app, the Narcotics okay. Anonymous app, and they have a meeting finder in their app, but it'll only search specifically for NA. But like some of those meeting finder apps, they'll find meetings from all different types of uh, fellowships. So check it out. Yeah. Lots of ways. It ain't too hard to find a meeting. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That is true for sure. 
Brett, what's up, dude? I uh, just posting links in the chat for people. You're the man. The Amazon and his website are in the chat on YouTube and Facebook. So should be able to just click the little link there and order a copy of the book. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. I, I appreciate anybody. And just know that if you do order, if you do order a book off my website, um, it will, um, each message is personalized. So no one will ever be able to say, hey, he wrote the same message. So I try my best to give as much encouraging uh, words as I can, even if the, the person isn't struggling with alcoholism. They just may need a, a good book or someone someone in their family may need it. So I'll, I'll address it directly to that person. That's, That's awesome. Cool. That's cool. Hell yeah. Nice. Brett, were you listening the whole time or did you miss part of it? I was listening, but I was I was a little bit distracted at, at a few <laughs> few points. I was trying to focus on the road some and then I got home and then my wife and daughter were there and I was trying to help get her her ready for bed and be helpful and so I I, I lost focus for a few pieces, but I heard what, most of it. What a great husband you are. Yeah, I was about to say you you're hey you're you're the 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 the, the role model that most men should take a page out of. <laughs> uh, I don't you know, know about saying? all that. <laughs> days I feel like I hey you you short. you laid out you laid out a a good thing. Look, we didn't even know. We thought you were still driving, you know, until you just magically showed up on the screen. So I didn't we didn't know what was going on, you know. But yeah, I I just want to say thank you guys, man. I I, I do appreciate. Um, being able to come on here and, uh, you know, share, share a few things. Cause like I said, this, my journey is no different from nobody else's is the fact that I'm still here sober. And, and that's all it is. I, I don't want to go back to alcohol. I, I have been compromised a few times, but I just know what alcohol did to me. And as you mentioned, uh, Jason earlier, about you know how much it it hurt others and so for me it was like i don't want that you know my you know i don't call my mom like when i was drunk i used to call my family at 10 11 12 o'clock at night now yeah my mom knows i won't call her past like 8 p.m you know what i'm saying because i just <laughs> i don't I don't want her to be like oh you know junior then got in trouble again you know that's how it was you know during that that period of drinking now it's like hey mom i i at 10 in the morning, so I called you, you know, you know, late hour. Oh, I got in trouble, got pulled over. Somebody, you know, I got stopped by the police. No, nah, it's none of that no more. So it's awesome. But yeah, I just, yeah. I, I try my best no matter where I go. Like even a couple weeks ago, I was uh, out fellowshipping for the first time in uh, Valdosta, Georgia. And uh, there was a two, uh, a couple of transients, uh, you know, local guys. And then like I had on my uh, 12 faces sober t- T-shirt, and they're like, "Wow, man, you're sober," you know, and and I'm like, "Yeah, man." And and one of the guys, he was like, "Yeah, I was sober," but he was like sober only because he was in jail. And I said, "Well, at least, you know, you still could have made something in there." You know, I I used to work in a prison here in Minnesota, so I I know about the hooch. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things where I just you know I I just want to you know be able to channel my energy a different way, and 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 sobriety has 
has really opened up a lot of a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities. So I just want to continue doing it. And like I said, if I can help one today, I'm cool. My job is done. And if I can't help somebody today, tomorrow, I want to still go out there and help someone. Right. Or like I always say, you know, today you might be able to be of service, but tomorrow you might be the service opportunity. You know what I mean? It's a, it's an ebb and flow. This is how it works. That's the magic of it. Uh, We all need support. We all need help. And then, you know, it's a blessing that we get to get well enough where we actually have something positive to offer the other people around us. You know what I mean? Like who would have ever thought (laughs) I never would have thought I had anything of value to share with anybody, (laughs) you know, just like, you know, six years ago. So it's, it's amazing how much things can change and how quick and your heart is in the right place, dude. And I appreciate the fact that you're doing what you're doing. Um, I just love it. Anytime I meet somebody who's on a mission to just spread some hope, man, and help some people out, you know, cast some light in this dark world that we live in. I think he froze up. Oh, there he is. He's back. He's back. (laughs) This, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the storm is about to start happening. <laughs> I just, I just I want to do it. It's like my mom got a dog. So, you know, it would be so it's much quieter. So, but at least, at least it ended, at least it's getting bad signal at the end of the interview and not at the beginning. Uh, was it the very beginning and then it was good for a long time and then now it's been glitching out pretty hardcore again? But we got we got most of it, dude, pretty good. So I think all is all is right in the world, sir. Kenneth, I can't wait to hook up with you, dude. We got to get together. Oh, be frozen. <laughs> that sounded like BB-8 at that time. Definitely very robotic. It totally did. Hello? Are you there? Hey, we're still here. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's funny. All right. So outro music today. I got a few I got a few different options. Oh, what no. kind of vibe are we feeling? <laughs> AG's not here, so we can do whatever we want. Go 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 hard in the paint, Brett. Do do what you most fear she would annihilate you for uh, i got two that i think that she would not be very fond of <laughs> all right let's, let's let's do this let's do this i feel like we've lost kenneth so yeah he's gone he gone he's still on the screen but you know he's 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 in our hearts yes he's definitely in our hearts yeah i feel like uh i feel like AG would not approve of of some of this music. So here's one of the tracks that I think she would disapprove of. You know, that's all right, though. We appreciate uh, everybody that tuned in this evening to Recovery Revolution Live. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and turn on notifications so you know when we go live. 
which in case you guys haven't figured out is every thursday night at 7 p.m central standard time i don't know about other time zones because i'm terrible with time zones um, <laughs> so do the math yourself um yeah time zones are confusing man they really are um, it can be yeah they, they can for sure i'm terrible with them uh if you guys would like to send a voice message you can do so at the address on your screen speak dash two dot us slash rrl and we can play those on the show uh you can give us your feedback if you have a question comment concern whatever it may be you can leave that there and uh Thank you guys again for tuning in. If you would like to find out more about tonight's guest, Kenneth, his website is right there on the bottom of your screen, 12facesofsober.com. There's also a link for a spot to purchase it on Amazon in the comments. So you can scroll a little ways and find that, or you can purchase it directly from his website, which is right there on the bottom of the screen, 12facesofsober.com. Don't forget about the merch. Yeah, merch. Um, He's got merch. Yeah, and I feel like we need to shout out our own podcast and stuff here because I've noticed we do we do an audio version of this show, and listens have been really far down since Facebook got rid of podcasts. So if you like this and you want to hear us on the run without having to see our mugs, be sure to subscribe to Recovery Revolution Live on your favorite podcast player. I also you do a show on Wednesdays called Recovery Revolution or Recovery Revolution. That's what we're on now. Recovery <laughs> Survey. Yes, is my show that comes out on Wednesdays. Jason, you have another show as well. Yep, I'm on the Way Out podcast. Uh, you can find us at WayOutcast all one word dot com. WayOutcast dot com, or we're on all the social media platforms at the Way Out Podcast. And you can find all the episodes posted uh, on those platforms as well. Nice. And I think think that's all of our announcements. So, yeah, man. Thank you to everybody that watched tonight. Thank you, Heather. Have a good night. Oh, Fire Podcast. Thank you, Heather. We appreciate that as always. Thank you. I think this is dope ass outro music. I think so too, but I feel like it's not. I feel like it's not in uh, in Ashley's wheelhouse. But I thought the I thought kind of the surfy ska whatever stuff that I played last week was cool, and she didn't like it or the elevator music. Like whatever, I got a couple like happy whatever songs that i'll drop when she's on next we'll see what she thinks (laughs) but i thought this was just kind of chill i don't know yeah it just sounds hip too you know like she misses heather says she misses the bells is she referring to this the ding the ding sound effect well yeah he wasn't there for over half of the show to do yeah i i can't (laughs) i can't do the ding from my phone i have to be i have to be at home in in the studio to do some dings <laughs> i threw one in. is that the- literally a bell from like a hotel countertop or whatever yeah that's that's the sound yeah <laughs> it's not an actual physical bell but yeah well you need to say fuck that fake ass synthesized version and go get yourself get a, a real, real bell 
Yeah. Be I a actually, man. Be I, a man. I threw, I threw <laughs> that sound effect in on uh, two weeks ago on my on my recovery survey. I threw that sound effect in there <laughs> during one of the interviews. Like I added it in in post because I was like, maybe somebody that listens to my show will get it and they'll hear the ding and be like, yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, Heather's going to get me a bell for Christmas. Hell yeah, Heather. That's what's up. <laughs> Be a man. <laughs> Get a bell. Get a bell. <laughs> Get Be yourself a, a damn bell, you bastard. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you appreciate my sense of humor because I could do this all day. And it's been a long ass day, so I'm just like I hear that. I'm tired. I, I am hear tired. That, man. Me <laughs> too. Tomorrow should be a short day because my boss is trying to keep us from working too much overtime they only want to let us get 10 hours of overtime a week oh seriously i'm already over 50 and i got tomorrow and saturday to go so i'm gonna be rolling in the money next friday <laughs> gonna be yes. gonna, gonna get a gold gold plated bell oh shit yeah freaking a well i'll get some gold spray paint and just spray paint Man, one of them yeah, bitches because yeah. i still gotta be thrifty yo Here's, 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 oh, I guess we could play some other music. Here's uh, this one's a little more, a little more chill. I feel like it's a little more romantic. This is like doomy music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh shit, Kenny G. Well, it's hard because you gotta find music that you can use on the stream that's not that doesn't have the. Uh... Oh, I'm blanking on the term. Yeah, copyrights and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But can't you... I see people doing it all the time as long as you have a, a disclaimer that says, I don't own the rights to this music. Can't you play whatever you want? Or no? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. I know that when we first started... I say first started. When Carl first started with us, he played a song and Facebook took the video down. Oh, I believe it. Dude, could you imagine getting sued when we don't even make a red cent for we, doing this? We don't this? make any money, yeah. This is a service opportunity. And we're getting sued for, like, millions for playing somebody's shit. Uh, I would pass that to JR. Here, here you go, JR. This is for you. He's the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> so we got He's that. He's not even here to defend himself right now. Yeah, we also got this one. This, this is the one that I think Ashley's really going to like. Okay. Because it's just like fun and happy. I don't really know what kind of music she likes. This sounds like something off of a, kid, a child's television yeah, it's, channel. It's, this is definitely not Like Sprout? Vibe. You ever watch Sprout with your baby girl? Sprout. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, dude, your kid will love it. It's for, like, toddlers and younger. Nice. Like, what's, is, what's it on? It's a cable channel. It's called Sprout. Oh, I don't have That's cable. the name of the channel. You could probably look it up online and just get a streaming service. that, Or you could probably watch shit for free online. Nice. I don't know. Sprout. I remember when my son was a baby, dude, I'd... Literally, he'd be out, and then I three hours later, I'd realize I'm still sitting there watching Sprout. <laughs> nice. uh, 
Nice. There's the girl that did the nighttime show, the good night one. And I would always joke with my wife. My, well, she's my ex-wife now, but I would always joke that that was my side chick, you know? <laughs> nice. I think her name was Nina. Wyatt loved Nina. He was like, Mama, Nina. Good story. <laughs> good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. So I feel like this this... This is my pick for Ashley is this song that I personally am not a fan. Are you saying to Ashley is this like a small child? <laughs> no, but I mean, out of all the songs that I've selected, I think this uh, one is most fitting for her, I guess. I, I am don't so, know. I am like overtired. You see what an idiot I am. But like she wouldn't she wouldn't even tell me what kind of music she liked. So I don't even know. Yeah, she had no direction she, to go. She had nothing. We'll find it. We're going to find like, it. I like a couple of those hip-hop kind of sounding tracks. Those are good. I yeah. don't know. Whatever. It I also found a is. lot of like really experimental stuff, but I don't think anybody would like that. <laughs> experimental like how? <laughs> like weird, weird music. I like weird shit. Me too, man. Me too. Maybe yeah. we'll, let's just outvote her. I got a lot of weird shit on my phone. People people will be like, whoa, they get musical whiplash when they ride with me at work because nice. it, it'll go from one direction way over here and then all the way on the other spectrum. And they're like, what the hell is this? Like some, some of the weird shit, they'll be like, what is this? <laughs> what are you listening to? I'm like, well, I have an eclectic taste. Because I'm a complicated person. Still waters run deep, man. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it, man. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll throw a couple of uh more experimental tracks on this soundboard and see what she thinks. See, if I was you, man, I would just be trying to mess with Push Ashley. Our buttons. I like that's a good idea. I like where yeah. that. Because dude, one of those might be like the one that she's like, yes. Yes, and you'll be blown away. You'll be like, no way. You know, just play, like, make it like a game. Just, you know, completely, like, try whatever on her and and see how she reacts to it. If anything, it could spark some really interesting combos. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Thanks, man. I'm, it's in a goofy place right now. It's like ready for sleepy. <laughs> well, I guess we should probably sign off. Yeah, people probably, are probably probably pretty bored with us talking. That's about okay. Whatever. That's all right. You know, now, there's only two of them left. So, yeah. See, <laughs> we're, not, we scared, we're not that entertaining without a guest. We scared them all away. It is what it is. So it's Heather, and it's probably my wife who's like, uh, dinner's almost ready. See you later, Heather. <laughs> Have a good Heather, one. Thank you for hanging out. Hell yeah. Let's get fun. Heather on the show. We need to. She's always in the comments. And she's always and she's always such a blessing and encouragement. I see her all over socials. She's very active and supportive of those of us in the recovery community and uh yeah she's i'm a, sure she's she, a day one 
I'm sure she has an amazing story because everybody's story is amazing and needs to be heard. Mm. Dead serious. Dead serious. I got a mic drop sound effect somewhere around here. Uh, See, that's the problem. I get too many sound effects and then I have pages and I can't find them when I need them. Mm. But you can preload. I I think on this user interface, you can preload certain ones and then you can rename them so that way... Yeah, like you just got to put in a little bit of prep time to set it up for the ones you like. Yeah, but I have, I have, I guess, I guess we could do the scenes for like the the one person that's left. I have this old iPad, and I have just like pages of sound effects on here. What do they have? Like a corresponding picture that's supposed to tell you what it is, uh, or what? it just has a little title. But then I've also used emojis to kind of help me remember what some of them are. Ding. And you pick. I love how he says that he's got pages, and the only sound effect he ever uses is the ding. It's a it's a fan favorite. So it is. I also have I have a Jeff Vickers um, one that I that I pulled. Ah, ah, ah. yeah, ah, Vickers, my man. I love that guy. Yeah, I just don't. When it's when it's serious time, I don't want to drop like random sound effects. Got to be like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to kill the the mood with with a stupid sound effect. Well, maybe one day you'll have a guest on, and they'll be like a funny guest, and then you can really just go to town on it. I'm ready. <laughs> He's like, I can't wait. I have so many. I have so many random sound effects. Hell yeah. I'll send you a recording of my snoring. Nice. And then if somebody's boring you, you can just be like <laughs> I have I have this one for uh from SpongeBob. Two hours later. Two hours later. Hell yeah. All right, well let's end this stream because I'm sure people are bored to death. Yeah, that's all right. I'm ready for bed. Me too. And Take care, you. everybody. Good night, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. And here's a little elevator music for Ashley Grimes. Good night, everybody.